And I always kept it kept it quiet. And then I started seeing other people talking about their religions, their faith, questioning me about my faith, and I did not know much. So I decided, okay, I need to find out. If I need to be like Christ and I need to live the way Christ lived, I have to know what he did. And that's where my journey started. I started changing my character, my personality. Not that I was a bad person, but I just started fine-tuning myself towards the way of God. Mm. And that's when I had my encounters. Mm. It's only when I was prepared, when I was ready, when I had proven my relationship with God, was God or the Holy Spirit able to come into me and answer those questions that I'd asked for many, many years. And what was it like going back to church after being in the world for a while and not being a part of church? What was it like after you started getting into church? Was it kind of weird to get back into that culture and lifestyle? Whoa, you know, I'm glad you asked that question because the world offers you so much and the world can hurt you, can break you, can destroy you. And you can cry for endless days. But when you come to church, there is something that you feel the Holy Spirit connects with you in a way that you just cannot explain. And those tears that you have in the church are so different from the tears that you have out there. And I came to a point where I could never cry out at the world, but whenever I came to church, I just wept. Mm. I wept and wept and wept. And when I wept and when I walked away, I felt fulfilled. Mm. I didn't feel empty like how the world is. When you cry out there, you feel totally empty. And I said, this is where I want to be in church. I don't miss church. Sometimes I go three, four, five times in a week. Yeah, I love it. It's my encounter with Christ alone, not with the church, not with the people. It is a very personal thing, and that's what I enjoy. I've got a lot of South African friends who are part of church who are so strong in their faith. Yes. And they say it's uh, one of the reasons is because there's uh, so much trouble uh, in you know where they come from that a lot of people they just cling to God in the midst of whatever trouble they're going through do you find the case uh, for yourself as well absolutely especially in South Africa where you are the crime is really re- really very high so your prayers to God I think is every day to give you safe traveling mercies mm-hmm. and to keep you safe in your home so you connect with God and when you connect with God it's an amazing feeling you grow in faith mm. and when you grow in faith you realize the importance of him but when you move away from him you don't see what actually happens how Satan can actually pull you away from God and before you know it you have gone so far away mm. it reminds me you know when I was in Zimbabwe I was watching the sun sunset sunset was so beautiful and the next thing I turned around it was dark. Mm. I didn't see the darkness come. I was so taken aback by the sun and its beauty and mesmerized by it that I forgot there was darkness behind me. Mm. So there's always Satan lurking around. And if you don't feed on the word of God, you're going to end up in a place where you don't want to be. Now, I'd love to know more about this radio show you do. Tell us how you got involved in radio. I got involved in radio. Wow, I loved radio. I love talking. And uh, when I was there, It was so amazing. It just happened. My boss asked me, would you like to do a Christian show? And I thought, me? Christian show? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I am a Christian by name. But, um, oh, it's more money? Okay, great. But God had a plan. (laughs) God had a plan. Oh, I tell you, God had a plan. Uh, And I started off the show. First, I didn't know much, but God just 
the Holy Spirit just overtook that show. Today we have about about 60,000 people who listen into my show. Wow. It's mostly non-believing Christians. Well, not being non-believing, non-believing Christians. And because there's some of those. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and those who are absolute non-believers. Mm. They love it. They connect with it. And they find a sense of peace when they listen out to that show. And what kind of music do you play? I play really nice music. Yeah. Funky music. I play all genres of Christian music uh-huh. so that it actually... My audience varies from eight, from five right up until 80. Mm-hmm. So I try to have a bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your favorite artist? Who do you like to play the most of? You, you like worship artists or do you like rap or hip-hop or rock? I like Kerry you... Job. Oh, how good is she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. Uh, for the young people, I like um, Planet Shakers. Yeah. I, love, I actually love all Christian music. Yeah. Uh, that's the only thing I listen to. I feel uplifted even in my car at home. It took a little bit of time to get the kids to constantly listen to um, uh, to Christian music. Mm-hmm. But I promise you, a year later, uh, when we put the normal music on, it's like, Mom, can you please change it? Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was too much for the mind, I suppose. So, yeah, it's... Uh, it's been a real amazing journey. Well, Absolutely. it's good to hear you say Planet Shakers because, you know, they're from Melbourne, Australia uh, and Adelaide, Australia and, and Hillsong, of course, from Sydney and from different parts of Australia. Uh, there's lots of Aussie artists like For King and Country, uh-huh. uh, Rebecca St. James, uh, Paul Coleman. I don't know if you heard of Paul Coleman. No, I have no. not. Uh, there's lots of uh, the Newsboys. They're, they're originally Aussies. Uh, all these Aussie artists are doing great guns around the world. What, what about Hillsong? Is that a big focus for you? You play a lot of their music too? Hillsong is very big in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, when I was coming through to Australia, the first thing everyone told me, Pauline, you have to go to Hillsongs. Mm-hmm. But God didn't send me there. He sent me other places mm-hmm. where to say, hey, you know, this might be lovely, but yet there is still a lot of people still searching for God. It's interesting that uh, the Hillsong Church in South Africa is pastored by an Aussie, uh, Pastor Phil Dooley. Yes. He's a friend of mine. He used to be the youth leader or youth pastor at Hillsong Sydney. And I remember I went to Hillsong Conference and I taught an elective on drama to the youth jam uh, outreach at the uh, at Hillsong Conference. And that's when I met Phil uh, when I was about oh, 18 years ago, so a long time ago. And uh, we kept in contact over the years. And I got a chance to interview him uh-huh. after he became the senior pastor over there. And he just shared some amazing stories. I know, I know the building that they're in now, there was uh, one of the members from Hillsong London had moved to South Africa and working for this big entertainment center. And they ended up getting to have church in that building because of a connection. You know, amazing God stories of what God is doing over there. Uh, Tell us a bit about uh, the climate, the spiritual climate in South Africa. The spiritual climate in South Africa is very strong. I I must tell you, as much as we might be a very sort of um, lawless country at sometimes, especially with the way our our crime is really, really high in South Africa, it is um, the search for God is so strong. Mm. People are constantly searching, searching for something, searching for God. Our churches are full. Yeah, yeah. The church that I go to, we have about six thousand people at the wow. church, mm-hmm. but most of the churches are full on a Sunday. Mm. We have lots of weekday stuff that happens. Your mm-hmm. prayer meetings, your ladies' meetings, and the church is getting involved in a lot of programs, teaching programs, entrepreneurship, going into rural areas and getting people to have faith and have hope mm. in Christ. A lot of, um, we have a lot of community schemes that happen, like uh, feeding schemes, uh, those kind of things. So God's really working amidst lots of difficulties in mm. South Africa. People are holding on to God, which is a good thing. 
And on a personal note, you mentioned your children. How old are they now? I have a daughter that's 22 mm-hmm. and a son that's 19. Mm-hmm. I, you know, my journey with um, with both of them were when I was a Christian, but not quite a Christian. I just was by name and, and I saw uh, my daughter just sort of um, move off the handle. Yeah, yep. Move into the world. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to cope with that. And I just went to God got myself back on track, got myself into the faith. And it was just within time, my son was just getting into his teenage years. And I just saw the difference between both of them. Mm. Being a mom that was completely in the world and then a mom that was completely for Christ, both my kids walked a different journey and I wish I had done that earlier. Mm. So today both of them are back to, well, my son really want to go into ministry at 19. Oh, wow. Yeah, my daughter being a little bit of challenge, but we've got her getting it there. Mm. But it's all because of the grace and faith and love of our Lord Jesus Christ. And you shared before about your conversion experience and you're coming to the Lord. You know, there might be people listening now that have never heard the gospel, that don't know what it means to come to Christ. Would you share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do they respond to it? Oh, wow. You know, I had um, an experience that was so amazing. About two, two and a half years ago, I've been asking a lot of questions and we always do. God, why is this happening? Why is there so many ways to you? What is actually happening in the world? Please give me answers. And God, actually, when you ask and your faith is strong, he will answer you. And I started getting dreams and visions. And I started. he started showing me things. He showed me parts of Africa. He showed me the Middle East. He showed me Europe. He showed me India. He showed me lots of places. And the one thing that actually came across in these dreams, he says, the harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. And then I was put into a place where I'm standing and in front of me was this light. And I'm saying, and there was a road on my right-hand side and there was five lanes on that road, beautiful road. And I see these people walking, but the road is broken. And there's this uh, fire that's coming out of this road. And I'm standing there and I'm looking at this light in front of me and I'm saying, but they are going to fall in the fire. Mm. These people are walking. They're like thousands of people are walking. And then on my left-hand side, there was a little road. And that road was a little dirt road. It had a picket fence. It had a lot of greenery on my left-hand side. And I saw this road and I said, but why can't they go onto this road? And then I had the voice say to me, but you have to go and tell them. You have to go and tell them. So I go there into this road and I have this gush of people just gush of me. And I, like, I'm like i trying to tell them, don't go there because they're going to fall into the fire. And then I come back like really exhausted. And I said, but I'm trying to tell them and they don't want to listen. And then the voice tells me, as long as you told them, your work is done. Mm. And it was so amazing and so liberating. And then the road, so he says, go and try again. And when I go back, I see these little markers on it and each one had the sins and they were running through. So it was into this into this fire, all these people. And then on my left-hand side, um, the names of the roads came up. The one road on my right-hand side where this huge big five lanes was called Freedom Road. Wow. On the left-hand side, the road was called Persecution Road. Mm. And on that road, at the end of it was a ray of light and Jesus was standing there. And then the disciples were all close towards the end of that road. And I, I, in the dream, I just got to my knees and I started to cry. And I said, Lord, the way to you is through persecution road. And when I got up that day, I realized that when we go through difficulties, trials, tribulations, 
we are on persecution road as long as we are doing the right thing. Mm. That's the way to Christ. That's the way. So even if you're going through difficulties and you're doing the right thing, you are on the right road. And I always say, bring it on, Satan. Bring it on. <laughs> Put me through my persecution. I know that I am walking towards the right direction to heaven. Mm. And that was the most liberating experience because God has shown me so much of pain in the world, so much of difficulties to come. The things that we're going to be experiencing is not only in one place in the world, but it's for all of us to know mm. that the harvest is ripe, the laborers are few, and we are the laborers. The world is searching and they're crying for God. It's our job to go out there and give them the gospel. Well, it's wonderful to hear you uh, share your story today and your passion to share the gospel. And uh, if people want to find out more about your ministry, is there a website they can go to to find out more about your radio show? Well, yeah, on Facebook, it's Pauline Rosanna Sangam. And mm -hmm. then you have my gospel page, which is on that particular Facebook page. And then I have my website, www.paulinesangam.co.za. You could get information there. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, Find all the links there. And have you enjoyed your time in Australia? I love my time in Australia. <laughs> the Australian people are so amazing. They're so wonderful. But there's just one thing. God wants you. God loves you. Mm. And I think you guys have just, God has given you so much. Yeah, we're blessed. And sometimes in your blessings, you have to say thank you because yeah. he's always waiting. <laughs> Amen. We've got to be thankful. Absolutely. We've got to be thankful. He could take it away from us just like that. Yeah. Well, Pauline, it's been wonderful to have you in the studio here. And uh, it's been such a blessing to have you in our country. I reckon you're a history maker, Pauline. God bless. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater, and why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.